Good morning, everybody, and welcome to Living Astrology with Janet Hickox. It's time to grab your cup of coffee or tea, sit back, and let's chat about what is happening in the stars above us today. And through the weekend, it's Friday. Happy Friday, everybody. Happy Friday. Hopefully, everybody's looking forward to a good weekend. It's going to be a hot one here, apparently, in the Northwest. It's like we get We've had this fall-like weather, all the trees are starting to turn, and now it's like we're rubber banding back to summer. We keep going back and forth. It's kind of weird that way. But it's also still smoky. I don't know if you can see the color of the sun over there. It's not as red as it usually has been, but still kind of red-ish. But we're moving in the right direction, hopefully, as rain is on its way in the next few days. How is everybody doing out there today? Hopefully you are all doing pretty good. We are on the cusp of some big changes and it seems like that's the order of the day, doesn't it? It seems like every day I come on here, we're talking about changes, transformation, uh, going back and forth and back and forth with the the different uh, things that are happening in our, our world. And literally, I really don't see that changing anytime soon. Um, It just seems like we're in a very long stream of change, transformation, upheaval, crisis. And I think I mentioned this on Monday, but if I didn't, I'm mentioning it today, that I realized that Chiron, the planet of wounding and healing, kind of the trigger, the poker that's going to make us transform. Uh, or cause us to go through our wounds and heal, uh, has has been sitting at the gate 51 in human design, which is called the gate of shock. But it's also called the gate of awakening. So it's not that shock is something that we need to be fearful of or that we need to uh, avoid at all costs. Shock sometimes has a tendency to wake us up, move us in a new direction, change up the game where the game has been stagnant, And, you know, with the amount of um, planets that have been sitting over the course of time in fixed signs, right? We had Saturn and Jupiter in Aquarius, a fixed sign. We now have um, uh, the fixed sign of Taurus where Jupiter and Uranus are. We had the nodes across Taurus and Scorpio, fixed signs. And then we've just come through a time period where there has been a lot going on in the sign of Leo, also a fixed sign. Now, fixed signs, are it's not that they're bad. We have Venus retrograde still in a fixed sign, the black moon Lilith still in uh, Leo, a fixed sign. So we've had this sort of time where we've, we've had the places where there's been this static or this stasis that has been being disrupted. Now, Chiron stays in the 51 well into uh, 2024. So it's not like we're done with the shock and awe or with the awakening. Um, So in a way, the best way for us to go through all of these ragdoll feelings, right, the things that are taking us back and forth and up and down and all around and swirlies, is to to really look at, well, what does that represent for you in your life in terms of where you might be stuck, where you uh, haven't been able to push forward or backward or where you've just become lax or kind of stuck in a rut? I mean, those are the things that we need to look at. And Chiron, as the wounded healer, is really going to kind of kind of tickle those parts of you that have old behaviors or things that have wounded you. Uh, so that you would hmm, wake up and move forward or move on. So some people react to these kinds of things in positive ways um, by going, oh, okay, let's have a self-reflective moment and see how this is um, into my benefit. Is this is this working to my benefit? Um, but most of us will look at these things and go, oh my God, you know, I'm just at the um, drain end of the cosmic toilet flushing on top of me. And of course, that's not necessarily the most positive way to look at things, but it might feel like that for sure as things keep happening and they pile up and that creates, you know, a sense of uh, what is all this for? I was talking to a friend. She just arbitrarily texted me the other night and it was so amazing to hear my own 
thoughts and words being reflected back to me from her. Things like, I don't know why I came to this planet and I'm not coming back. <laughs> Things like, what is all of this about? Like, why? Why do we have to have all this up and down and all around and, you know, weird stuff happening? And those are the big questions, right, that we are uh, contending with during this period of time. So some some people, it feels like really awesome opportunities, for sure. There's awesome opportunities. For others, it feels like the same old, same old. Can't get off of this uh, calliope as it's going round and round and round and around. And for other people, it is this up and down, like one day high, next day low, high, low, high, low. And I wish I had an easier answer. And it just feels like this weekend we start a series of transits that might be adding to that load. Um, and the best way that I can tell you to embrace this is to go with the flow or flow with the go, right? Just keep going, keep going, keep going. Thank you, Tom. It is my favorite little dragonfly gifted to me by one of our morning listeners here. Um, at any rate, so let's take a look at what we can expect for the weekend. But just know that the things that are happening this weekend aren't just in a, in a bottle, like just titled, you know, August 26th and 27th and 28th, but or 25th through 28th, because really we're going to talk a little bit about Monday stuff too. Um, it is something that sets in motion. Uh, energies that will play out over the course of the next several weeks. Okay. So they're designed with your benefit in mind, even if some of the things that happen might be uh, not so feel good, right? Not so feel good. So let's start out like we usually do with our moon. Where is the moon today? And right now the moon is in Sagittarius at about middle degrees of Sagittarius. There is nothing in Sagittarius right now as there is nothing else in Gemini right now. There might be asteroids or something like that in those signs. But at this point, there is nothing that the moon is triggering in terms of conjunction or opposition. It is kind of a free time, I would say, free being the key word, freedom, what makes you free, what adventures might you want to embark upon during this period of time. The moon, however, later today will end up at the galactic center. And, you know, yesterday I was doing, I have a client today that I needed to do some galactic work with, and a lot of the placements in her chart were at the super galactic center. Uh, the great attractor, the Shapley attractor, and the regular galactic center, a galactic, not galactica, <laughs> galactic center. So I've been spending a lot of time looking at these, these very powerful points in our universe that are designed to bring in new energy or to um, kind of shower us with the potential for evolution, right? So these points are like that. And our galactic center is like that, the one that sits at about 27 degrees of, of uh, Sagittarius. And that's literally for all of us. We all have the galactic center somewhat in that last uh, five to uh, five degrees or so of Sagittarius, okay? That's because the galactic center being the center of the universe doesn't move but one degree every 72 years. So it's not a big fast mover. Right. So almost everybody on this planet right now pretty much has the galactic center in the same place. So the galactic center here with the moon connection is uh, a call for us from the inner realms to change in alignment with the evolutionary impulses that are happening on the planet. Now, at the moment, because the sun, our sun is so activated, you know, sending off different flares and just lots of sunspot activity, it kind of mutes the amount of new energy that can come in, right? When the sun is quiet, all of those cosmic gamma rays can come into the planet in a much easier way. But right now, it, it's not as easy for that to happen. So what it means for all of us is that while the sun a few years ago was in the quiet, we were seated with a whole bunch of new energies. And what we're doing at this point in time then is being allowed the time, the grace to integrate everything new within us. And that's not easy, right? It's not easy because it's new. It's It doesn't necessarily feel good yet. 
we may be confused about what is new <laughs> and wh what do we do with what is new and how do I play my own personal role in all of that. So as the moon transits through Sagittarius today and into um, the very early part of tomorrow morning, uh, it might be really good for you to take that sort of evaluation standpoint and look back in at your life currently and see, you know, what new things have been seeded uh, over the last few years that you have not yet taken action on or that you have not been in a position yet to take advantage of. Because even though it may look like things are closing out, it's always a doorway. Closing is a doorway to an opening, right? They are, they are mutual. Just like an opening is an invitation to take on more and to integrate more and then to lead to yet another change or another transformation. So it's always a constant flow like that. So moon in Sagittarius then. So if we look at the basicness, this is free spiritedness. Sagittarius loves nature. There's the connection to travel and adventure and exploration, the questing aspect. Most people who are Sagittarians find themselves on a quest in their lives for more, more information, more knowledge, more wisdom, right? They're always on that quest. We might think of it as the hero's quest. But you all, no matter whether you're a Sag or not, you have Sagittarius in your chart somewhere. So in that house, wherever Sagittarius takes up residence is where you tend to have that connection to exploration and so forth. So, for example, if today's chart were a person, that explorative energy, that adventurous energy would be in the third house. And the third house is the house of the mind. It's a house of communication. The house of teaching and learning and acting and poetry and all of the different ways in which we express ourselves, what we're learning, what we're teaching others, all of this kind of thing comes into that third house. So we might say the free spiritedness would take us today globally or um, uh, on a, a humanity level, collective level, on the quest for information, for what do we want to share and how do we want to share what we know with the people around us. Right. So the moon might be taking that sort of stance in our lives today. It is a knowledge seeking sign. It is connected to higher education. Um, it also connects us to our moral conscience and that conscience uh, can lead to ethics. The ethics are about how you express that conscious conscience out in the world. And this is a sign of spiritual wisdom the moon triggering that inner knowing that that smarter part of us right when we get when we get our our logical mind out of the game we can see things from a different perspective this is about being open open to life open to the process having faith in a higher power having faith that everything even though it looks chaotic feels chaotic is chaotic that it is all right and perfect it is moving us in the right direction it is a sign of spontaneity. Really, some Sagittarians are so quick to help, right? They just jump in. It's a fire sign, so it has passion. It has action orientation. It's mutable, so it changes. It feels good. It's adaptable and flexible in the face of change. And there are, of course, the things we need to watch out for. And in Sagittarius, because it's ruled by Jupiter, which sees the big picture so easily, we have to watch out that we don't miss the details, the nuances of things, right? So we have to be aware of the big and as well the details. I think the sun being in Virgo helps us with that right now. And uh, also Mercury retrograde in Virgo telling us, okay, you got to look back at the details, right? Don't miss the details. Um, the other thing we need to watch out for is harsh honesty. What we can think of as the Sagittarian bluntness, right? Saying what comes to mind rather than filtering it at all. Remember that using our voice in critical or analytical ways that are pointed outward at others comes with the invitation to do so. We don't just say, oh, hey, you know what? That color looks horrid on you. We just don't do that. <laughs> That's Sagittarian bluntness. It needs to come with an invitation, which we could question out of people. Like you might say to someone, um, you know, do you, would you like me to tell you how I, how that color looks with you, with your 
coloring. <laughs> if they say no, don't say anything. If they say yes, then you have the opportunity to speak. But let's not speak in brutal honesty. We can say, you know, it really looks better when you wear yellows or oranges or reds and not so much the blues, the greens, right? You can say things in a nicer way. Um, but also we have to watch out. Sagittarius energy reminds me very much of manifesting generator energy or generator energy where the manifesting generators are designed to skip steps and to hopscotch, right? And move around and, and uh, multitask and so forth. But the generators, not so much. And in Sagittarius energy, we have that tendency to want to skip ahead. And that means we might miss steps. So take your time, be patient. I know that's going to be a hard thing this weekend and going on into the future here a little bit. So be patient. Patience really is your friend. <laughs> From now for a while, patience is your friend. Uh, okay. Uh, good morning, Pam Zaruba. It's good to have you with us. Uh, she had three dragonflies visiting her on the deck this morning. That's awesome. Julie says her um, Sagittarius is on the second house. So that goes to value and self-worth. Julie, but also earning power and money and money management and all of that type of thing. Kajela, it's good to see you. Good Friday to you as well. Tom, does this make my bum look big? No, it's your bum. <laughs> exactly what we don't want to say. Uh, that makes me laugh, Tom. That's so funny. Uh, okay, so now the moon is going to transit out of Sagittarius this weekend and into Capricorn. So let's see, time-wise, uh, we are uh, looking at 6.05 a.m. tomorrow morning. So that's West Coast time. So still early in the day for those of you on the East Coast. The moon shifts out of Sagittarius's free-spiritedness into Capricorn's more substance, right, and stability, and it's a Saturnian sign. So we have security and all of that. When I talk about substance, I mean having the plan that has legs that's going to move, right? The goals, being resourceful, being enduring or perseverant or enduring. Keep that word, right? Endurance and enduring. But also uh, the sign of status and authority where we are, uh, we might be more concerned or turning our focus, uh, at least from our inner world, more toward uh, making our own mark or making our own way or standing in our own authority. Uh, <coughs> excuse me, we might become very mindful of our role in society or our role in uh, the world. Who are we when we are out in the world? And I, I find, and this is kind of an aside, but I find that both the Pleiadian astrology and the Mayan astrology, both of those, come very close to being the best way to describe for us what our influence is. So for example, some people are born with their Mayan or Pleiadian sign as an individual, right? So their focus is on themselves, on their own individual impact. They're not necessarily looking at the bigger picture. It's more about here, what am I here to do and where am I going? Then there are the people who are more community oriented. This is where I live, right? It's the community focus that I have. Then there are the people that have a more worldly focus, right? They're in the, the bigger picture of the, of the collective on this planet, right? So they're, they're thinking more about how the bigger picture of their influence is. And then lastly, there's a fourth group that is more universally focused, Right. So those could be people that, you know, channel in messages from other beings or uh, things like that. And we can see that in the day sign of their Pleiadian or Mayan astrology. So when we think about then with the moon in Capricorn, who is it? What is your role in society? Uh, your role can take on that individual, that community, that collective or that universal tone. Hmm. So, and I know that your next question is going to be, well, what's mine? And maybe someday we'll do a, a, a talk about that. But you can actually look that up in, uh, let's see, my favorite Mayan astrology book and likely where it comes up the most obvious is in this one called How to Practice Mayan Astrology by Bruce Schofield and Barry Orr. Because in this, you can 
it's got a nice table uh, that will tell you what your sign is. You can look up that sign and then you can tell what type of focus you are as a being on the planet, whether you are in that universal worldly community or individual expression. All right, the moon in Capricorn is also, as ruled by Saturn, is about responsibility, right? Our responsibility for committing ourselves and uh, for the standards in which we put out our work, uh, our maturity level in taking that responsibility. But also we have to watch out for being too serious, too authoritative, meaning, you know, trying to be bossy, too rigid, closed-minded, that type of thing. So especially closed to innovation or change. So this is a weekend where there's a lot of change, but the moon later in the weekend as it moves, or tomorrow, so for most of the weekend, it's in the sign of Capricorn, wanting us to slow our roll, stay where we are, be comfortable, and not so much about the change, but got to do both here uh, as the weekend rolls on. All right, any questions or comments, go ahead and feel free to put those. If you're on Facebook, you can put that in the uh, Facebook comment section. If you're on YouTube, of course, you can do that quite easily. Um, and I will see either of them. The ones I won't see if you're listening to me through LinkedIn, uh, apparently they don't uh, interface yet with comments. In fact, I can't even tell if you're listening to me from LinkedIn. All right, so we have quite a few things to talk about today. The very first big thing is coming up on Sunday. Sunday seems to be a very pivotal, pivotal day, as in there's a lot going on on Sunday. Um, Sunday, Mars moves into the sign of Libra. And on Sunday, we have the sun in an opposition to Saturn. And on Sunday, the nodes shift from where they currently are to the gates uh, 42 and 32 in our human design. So uh, then on Monday, Uranus turns retrograde. So you can see we have these things kind of decked, stacked on one another. And uh, that is when we have that kind of thing going on, it can be very difficult for us because so much is happening, right? It's hard to keep track. So the first thing I want to remind you of is Mars in Libra. We did talk about Mars moving into Libra in um, our show on Monday. Uh, but this weekend, Mars is moving into Libra, and he will be in Libra until October 12th. So from August 27th until October 12th, Mars is in detriment. He is in a sign, he will be in a sign that he's not very comfortable in. When things are in detriment, we are dealing quite frequently, detriment brings up shame in our field. And that's because the sign itself and the planet that's in it isn't able to do what it normally would be able to do. So it can be, you know, we feel shamed because uh, we can't get something done, perhaps. Uh, shame because, you know, it brings back memories of, of things and experiences from the past. There are a lot of different, you know, things that we might feel um, that we have to deal with. Now, on top of that, Mars in Libra is also moving through the gates of the spleen in your human design, which means that those gates double as fear gates or paralysis points. So while there's this very powerful change energy, what we might be facing is all the places where we are afraid to change or where we're afraid to take the next step or as you're going to see with the nodal placement where we are afraid of failure right so it's a time for us to take stock on what role success and failure plays in your life right what are what are you afraid to do because you might fail right now, again, going back to Mars in Libra, the planet of action, right? He's the planet of action and passion and conflict. And he enters the sign of Libra, a sign that is really about cooperation, collaboration, teamwork, tact and diplomacy, balance, right? These are things that Mars does not necessarily resonate with. So it can be a sign that, you know, where we have to get these two energies of conflict or, 
or action and also assertiveness to work with the energy of teamwork. It really reminds me kind of, of how things have been in our outer world for a while where there's, you know, it's the finding of diplomacy and tact and balance and harmony is hard to come by. Wouldn't you agree? <laughs> it seems like there's always some flashpoint of something that's happening, uh, especially in politics or in uh, government at this point in time. That's where we kind of see it playing out. So remember that some of the effects of Mars in Libra might mean we feel more motivated to pursue goals that will bring fairness um, or respect, but we have to avoid unnecessary arguments, aggression, right? We might have that pointed at us, but we may also, you know, be in a position of pushing ourselves outward onto other people. So we got to find the balance here. Um, maybe seeking partnerships or collaborations with others in order to achieve your goals or what, you know, get to your objectives faster could be a good thing, right? Um, you may experience tension or frustration. Mars is going to end up frustrated here because he can't have his way, right? This is like putting the two-year-old in the, the adult pool and it becoming frustrated because he can't or she can't get her own way. Right. Not everybody's willing to give in to the two year olds um, demands. Right. So you might find yourself having to face things like unfairness or uh, where things have been unjust or oppressive <laughs> and having to find new solutions for those kinds of things. You may be compelled to stand up for yourself even. Right. This is a great time to stand up for yourself. Remember, the nodes have shifted to Aries and Libra with the North Node in Aries. It is really a time for us to really lay claim to our personal authority, to our identity, to the who I am. Right. And to be able then to to take that that and put it into the world with others and be as willing to let others claim their identities and then compromise between the two right? Make good compromises uh, where both people um, create sort of a win-win situation. But struggle is the name of the game here, right? This will be struggle, a time where we may have to struggle. You, we may see the effects of that in the outer world of the struggle to come to some sort of diplomatic solution or to find a compromise that isn't just a one way where I'm giving up everything or I'm forcing you to give up everything. So compromise is the path to peace and harmony for the next few months or several weeks. Um, we may also have more opportunities to express our creativity through teamwork or through collaboration, right? That's a big deal. We may have more ability to be charismatic in our relationships, to attract more attention to ourselves, to our goals, to our desires. Um, you may receive more admiration from other people or feel more admiring of others during this time. So this will be a time with Mars and Libra to use our diplomatic skills, right? Or to hone them, to uh, get them if you don't have them. Um, to also remember that, that Libra is a sign ruled by Venus. And Venus and Mars are the divine feminine and the divine masculine energy. And how do we blend those two so that they're each in their rightful place with their rightful talents and skills and gifts in our lives. So balancing um, our needs against the needs of our partner, our, our, our whims, our, <laughs> our goals against the whims and goals of others, right? It's going to be the scales of balance for the next few months uh, or actually, until October 12th. Now, the other thing that's happening this weekend that's adding to the um, energy is the sun coming into an opposition or the halfway point in his yearly cycle with Saturn. 
So remember, the sun is the light of our personality, our ego selves, what we do in the world, how we show up in the world. The sun right now in Virgo showing up in very practical, down-to-earth ways with a plan, seeing to the details, perfecting, analyzing, and uh, being able to, you know, bring a sort of harmony to the whole. This has a much more holistic view. And on the other side, Saturn in a sign that he's not particularly happy in, but not, you know, unhappy either. And that's Pisces. So we have this opposition. So the planet of structure and 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 boundaries is in the sign of Pisces, which is boundarylessness and uh, unformed things. So we have a struggle already with between the form and the formless between boundaries and boundarylessness with the sun on the opposite side in Virgo, we have this need to try to make all of the geese fly straight, right? Or all of the ducks line up in a row. And this can be a challenging time that brings up frustration or limitation or isolation in us, right? The sun, our light being dampened by Saturn's transit on the other side. So we may feel like we are facing obstacles and delays in getting what we want or achieving our goals or that sometimes authority figures stand in our way, right? Somebody's telling us, no, you can't have that or you have to do it this way instead of that way. And that can be very frustrating to us. And circumstances, people might be testing us in some way. We feel tested. It's not necessarily that they're trying to test us. I mean, that could be, but the circumstances in our lives, the test, if you will, is whether or not we can align our personal needs with our responsibilities um, between our ego and reality. How can we align those things in a positive way? This also can make us more aware of our flaws and the places where we're not good enough. Um, our weaknesses, our insecurities, these things can come up and force us to confront them in some way. And remember, this we haven't even gotten to the part yet that says that, you know, Mars in his transit is going to be triggering all of our fears. And at the same time, we have this need with the sun opposing Saturn to deal with those places where we ha have to confront um, the next steps, our insecurities. Why am I staying stuck? Right. So time to confront those inner things with maturity and honesty. Honesty is a big one here. Um, the key to overcoming any of those things is number one, patient. You're going to hear me say that again, patient. Be patient, be disciplined, be realistic. Saturn in um, Pisces can tend to kind of gloss over those places of surrealness or where unreality is or where uh, we are in the dreamy landscape, right? Again, it's like trying to uh, corral cats and make them do what you want to do. Uh, we may need to work harder or longer to get what we want, but we can also learn a valuable lesson of self-respect and confidence here where, you know, when, what we're, when we are doing our due diligence, how supportive that is for each one of us. And of course, this is across the Virgo and Pisces uh, axis in your own chart. So the houses, the places where this might be taking place are going to be unique to each one of us. So you may experience the Saturn opposing Saturn, I mean, Sun opposing Saturn in a way that's different from what other people are experiencing based on the axis that those um, planets are in in your chart. So we'll need to balance our self-expression with duty and responsibility. We'll have to find ways to compromise and cooperate with others. And all in all, sun opposing Saturn is a growth aspect, right? This is about our growing as people. And if we if we're willing to grow and evolve, especially our consciousness and our connection to how we demonstrate our talents and gifts in the world, then we are able to get where we want to go. We see the impact of evolution in our lives. So 
face any of the challenges with courage and integrity. Be true to yourself. The sun opposing Saturn is only going to be a day or two, right? We're already probably feeling the effects of this as it is exact on Sunday. And as we know, now the sun is about two degrees away from exact. And then those two degrees afterwards. So we may be dealing with this now until maybe Tuesday or Wednesday of next week. So how that plays out is going to be unique for each one of you. Uh, okay, now let's see. After the sun opposes Saturn, we have the nodal shift going on in uh, our human design. So now I'm going to share my screen uh, to go to presentation mode. Hold on one moment because I want to be able to show this to everybody. Boom. Now you should be seeing my chart uh, or my body graph. Um, so the nodes are shifting to the gate 42. So in blue, this blue mark here, you're seeing where uh, the nodes are shifting, the north node in the gate 42 with the south node in the gate 32, a gate that's on the spleen that tells us we might also be dealing with a paralysis point or with fear. And the gate 42 sitting on the sacral, which means we're dealing with action. What are we doing? Who, who are we being in all of this, right? So this is kind of newer energy for us. Um, of all the uh, possible nodal uh, positions, this one really takes us into uh, transforming and transcending energy, especially transforming and transcending our limitations and our fears. So you can just tell then that this one's going to be something somewhat um, maybe difficult, but also uh, challenging for us. And also, though, at the end of this, this nodal transit, we may really see a difference in how we embrace the energy of change in the world. Now, the node shifts on, uh, to, on Sunday and will be in those nodes until January 9th of 2024. And I'm just going to give you a heads up because the north node, after it shifts from the 42, moves to the gate 51, the gate of shock and awakening. So then we'll have three or four months of that as we begin 2024. So right now, do your due diligence, I guess, is how I would say this, for what you need to transform and transcend in your personal life. So in reality, the 42, the node that's moving us to on our life path trajectory, this is where we're moving, says it's time to embrace change and evolution in our personal selves, but also in the world. So we're going to see that need to change also in that outer world. This has very creative potential, visionary potential even, right, to be able to see. In human design, we call these these three gates they end up connecting to the uh, root center as format energies, right? They, they set the tone for um, the evolution of our consciousness. So we have visionary potential here, but we also need to be realistic and practical about our goals and our ambitions and how we present ourselves out there to the world. We may have to face challenges and crises that test our faith, that test our resilience, um, but we can also find opportunities, rewards that enrich our lives during this period of time. Now, the North Node at the Gate 42, which is called the Gate of Conclusion, tells us we must learn to bring things to a close first in order to create space for what is new. Often what happens with the energy of this gate is we're in a rush to complete, but we might skip steps to get it to completion, which means then that we don't really have a clear new beginning in all of this. We may feel pressure. We may feel confusion and about uh, or unable to start new things. And if you're feeling that, it's because there's something that's not yet complete. You haven't brought it to that uh, conclusion status. So the problem isn't that you're not allowed to start something, it's that you haven't concluded what needs to be concluded first in order to move on. And then avoid fin avoiding finishing things first leads to then a backlog of things that are left undone, sort of that baggage left behind you of stuff that you've left undone um, that can then overwhelm you, right? Because you have not yet finished them. 
Now, on the other hand, we may feel the pressure to finish things prematurely just to get it off our necks or from off our backs and or just to be done with it. So we don't want to go into that either. Here, again, we have to be wise about what needs to be completed in order to, to create that new space. We also have to be patient. This has a lot to do with divine timing. It's on the sacral. And the divine timing piece here is often about um, responding to what shows up in the outer world. I hope all that makes sense to everybody. Now, with the south node over here at the gate 32, which is called the gate of endurance, right? We, uh, we heard this word again already in relation to this weekend. We need to trust in divine timing and avoid forcing things to happen. Patience, again, is our friend, especially with the gate of endurance. And we have to align with the unfolding process rather than jumping ahead just to get finished, right, or just to complete. Um, and this gate is on the spleen, so it also holds the fear. And the fear here is failure. And uh, don't let the fear of failure cause you not to be prepared. Don't be, because you're afraid to do something, one of the ways that we can get around that fear is to actually have a plan, right? And follow and execute the plan and deal with the obstacles or the changes that come up and with patience, <laughs> with wisdom and not, you know, oh, there's this obstacle, but I'm just going to push my way through it. I'm going to barge through to the other side. And then the end result is I need to go backwards. I need to go back or I say, screw it, I'm not going back. And then I put out an inferior uh, product. I have an inferior end to whatever it was that I started. Okay, so we be careful with that. We also need to be flexible and adaptable here um, because there are unexpected changes that may occur during this particular transit, right? Um, the nodes here are really about our life path trajectory. So. Uh, when they're they can be listed they can be in the different gates all the different times so this isn't so much you personally unless these are your personal gates but because you're also a part of the grander trajectory of life on earth you are a part of this and also can play a role in moving this energy forward in its most healthy expression right in its mastery of this energy Okay, questions about any of this? I'm going to stop sharing for one second. Um, doop, doop, do. Where did StreamYard go? There you are. Um, so I'm going to stop sharing. And there we go. All right, so let's see what's going on here. Uh, JLo42 is my uh, Chiron, your personal Chiron personality Chiron. Oh, I better be ready and aware. Definitely. Um, how would Saturn in Pisces affect someone whose son is in Aquarius? So that would really depend, Sylvester, on uh, the other uh, planetary configurations. But Aquarius and Pisces are next door neighbors, which means that your let's see, what did you say? It was your natal Saturn, uh, your son in Aquarius has a certain amount of detachment, has a certain amount of forward future orientation, innovative thinking, and so forth. Pisces is imagination, definitely, but also finds it difficult to bring those things into concreteness or into reality. With Saturn there, there's this real need, I think, that you'll feel to bring your ideas or the inventions, the innovations in your life down into reality. So that's how I would see that affecting you. And JLo says she has her moon and Pluto there. Terry Strauss, good morning to you. Um, somebody, let's see, who was it that said that? JLo, she says, I love this. I actually reached out to a friend to work with in a buddy system. And funny thing, last night I was chit-chatting with a friend and I was about to open my mouth and say, Let's collaborate on something. And I, I stopped because that person was tired and, and it was not a good time. Timing was off to bring up a collaborative effort. 
but I felt that need in that moment to really do something like that as well, and certainly a part of our experience over the next time period. Pam says, well, the transit will allow for a defined energy, there we go, in the root, sacral, and spleen as it's hooked up to my hanging gates, a lot for a uh, mental projector, indeed, right? Because now you have uh, definition happening between the sacral and the root center. But I think for you, it might be um, easier for you to align your actions with your thoughts, right? That to see which thoughts are actually putting you into the right frame of mind for action and to be able to help you with that way. That's I, I find that would be helpful, but just remember that it's temporary. <laughs> it's for the next few months, perhaps, if it's a 42, uh, and, uh, you know, giving you access to, you know, finishing some things that you've started, you know, seeing what, what lies behind you that is not complete yet that you might want to work on. Uh, uh, she says, wow, unconscious North Node and South Node will connect both with both conscious nodes. It's a, it sounds like this is a crossroads time for you, Pam, definitely. You probably want to really take a look at what that means for you. Narjas says, feels like I keep repeating the class on patience over and over. <laughs> I so resonate with that because I have a lot of patience with people. I have a lot of patience, period, until it comes to me. And I don't have patience with myself. I don't have patience to wait through um, all of the different things. It causes me often trouble because I want to leap as a generator into things. And then later I'm like, why did I do that? Ah. Uh, astral mediumship. Catherine, oh, hello. Sending you positive energy. Text me private on Messenger or send a request now because I feel something special about you. And it's very genius uh, to your life. Okay, I will do that if that's really you, Catherine. Um, and you're welcome, Sylvester. And JLo, thank you for the reminder. Please, people, remember to hit the thumbs up button if you're listening on YouTube or hit the like button if you're listening on Facebook and share the video with your family and friends, your networks of people. Um, I'm still, I still have, you know, the need for more followers. <laughs> Go figure. Whatever that's all about ever. <laughs> uh, okay. Now let's take a look at how much time do I have here? Okay, let's take a look at Uranus moving retrograde. And it, it made me want to remind everybody about how to proactively use retrograde energy. And Venus is in retrograde right now. Mercury is in retrograde right now as of Wednesday of this week. And we have now Uranus moving retrograde, Saturn's retrograde, uh, Jupiter hasn't turned retrograde yet, Neptune's retrograde, so we, Pluto's retrograde. So we have a lot of retrogrades, right? So if we look at, let's just look at the ones, the inner two and Uranus and what it is that we can do proactively during that period of time. So with a Mercury retrograde, it's often a time when people from our past come back when ideas or inspiration of things that we were uh, in the past come back for us. Um, it's a time to make sure you back up your devices. I've already had an issue with my printer again, uh, but finally got it fixed. Um, it's a time for you to sort of look at all of your thoughts, maybe edit what they are, take a look at what are you really thinking about? Is it in a more positive or a more negative uh, slant? Um, go back to old mind oriented things, maybe an old writing project, a new course of an old, excuse me, a previous course of study. Again, something that you hadn't finished, right? Because now the energy of completion is very powerful or conclusion is very powerful. Polish up your social media profiles, go in there and make sure that somebody hasn't uh, run away with or absconded with your identities in that respect. Now, with Venus retrograde, here is a time to heal any uh, issues in your relationships or any blocks that you have to love or being loved. Um, it's a question that you might ask, or the question that you might ask now is, how do I want to be loved? 
right? How do I want to be loved? Recognize when you are in the wrong relationship, in the wrong partnership. Choose to course correct during that time. What am I going to do? Gain um, insight into that relationship. It might be a time to break it off. It might be a time to reunite. It just depends on the situation for you personally. Make peace with the women in your life, whether you're a man or a woman. Make peace with women in your life. Now, when Uranus turns retrograde, now remember, he's already the rebel. He is a revolutionary. He's an awakener. He wants liberation for us. So wherever Uranus shows up in a chart, he is often pushing us to do things to be free. Now, it doesn't mean that we do them in the right way automatically. <laughs> Sometimes we are not being our own best friend when we are fighting ourselves for freedom or liberation. But when Uranus is retrograde, we really have to watch this tendency to be the contrarian, to be a rebel, but without a cause, right? Or to be a rebel for the wrong cause. And to sometimes just do or say things that are designed to um, create tension for others or to create that contrarian, you know how they say sometimes be the devil's advocate, right? I'm just going to take the opposite point of view just for the shock value, perhaps. I mean, we do have Chiron at shock. We might see in our lives where we've done that to people or where people have done that to us. So we want to make sure we're not being that rebel without a cause that we are actually onto something that we really positively want to change. In a way, now is the time to really question your political stance, um, study up on politics. I mean, Uranus in Aquari as Aquarius rulership rules the more humanitarian aspects of the world. And if our, our stances politically or um, socially or culturally aren't aligned to that, this is our opportunity to course correct and change that. Study up on metaphysics, on astrology, Uranus rules astrology, on scientific developments, the innovations and the technologies and the inventions that are going on in the world. Reconnect with the humanitarian cause that you've you know, formerly um, been uh, a part of. Um, it is a time for you to, dis to distance yourself from destructive habits, disruptive people, um, chaos, right? To distance from chaos rather than creating more chaos in your lives, right? So some people, you, you know who they are, right? They come into your life and it, they're like little whirling dervishes. They just sort of upset the whole balance of your universe. So this might be a time to watch out for uh, those kinds of people and, because there's already chaos and disruption. You don't need more, right? So watch out for that. All right. So then when we talk more about Uranus in retrograde, this retrograde lasts for about five months. He is retrograde until January 27th of 2024. And he's retrograde. He'll be retrograde starting Monday in the sign of Taurus. So he's turning retrograde in a sign that is a fixed sign. And Taurus is an earth sign and it rules material security. It rules stability and comfort. It rules our values and our money system, our economics, right? So when Uranus is retrograde in Taurus, the planet of change and innovation and rebellion may experience some disruptions or surprises in those areas of our lives, in where it is that we have become too complacent, maybe, or where we've become too security oriented, or where we've been too chaotic, as opposed to like walking that fine line between um, you know, peril and safety, right? We might have to take a look at that. But inwardly, we may also feel more restless. Uranus rules the nervous system in our body. And Uranus is the higher octave of Mercury here. So we have the potential with both Mercury and Uranus in retrograde to be more anxious, uh, mind anxious, like Falling to sleep at night might be more difficult during this period of time because your mind may be highly activated. So meditation and yoga and deep breathing can be very, very helpful in getting through uh, this transit time of 
this more unpredictable energy that we have in our lives. Now, it is a time, it'll be a great time to reevaluate your relationship to money, um, to possessions, to resources, to how you earn money, to the environment in general. Is you, ha have you created such a complex environment and that, you know, slimming it down, simplifying it can be very helpful for you. We may be more inspired to express our individuality. Remember, Uranus rules our individuality, our eccentricities, our uniqueness, our genius, right? So it's a time to really bring out your more authentic genius, uh, even if it means that you have to maybe break some rules or, you know, break the unconventional, become more unconventional in the way that you do things. So become more inspired to do you and to be you, right? To be your um, uh, extraordinary genius self. And Uranus retrograde in Taurus will cause us to embrace change and will need to embrace change and innovation, uh, but also to stay grounded and practical, right? If it's not grounded and practical, it's not a change worth embracing and staying stuck in what always has been is not embracing change. So we are walking again a fine line there. We may also need to balance our drive for freedom and for excitement, the desire for freedom, the desire for excitement with our need for security and stability. So I'm not saying that you need to throw out everything. You just need to be more particular about what you do and what you who you do that with you could really adapt and become more flexible that would be very helpful uh, to the unexpected changes that are likely to be lobbed our direction uh, during this chance transit so chaos versus stability or chaos versus um that grounded feeling right we have both going on and we're just going to have to remember how to move through this. Good morning, Londa. Uh, JLo says, oh, I have been feeling that forever. Yeah, the sleeping thing. So mental anxiety, I think, is going to be the biggest issue that we all deal with. I'm not saying that you're not going to have heart uh, or feeling, you know, solar plexus anxiety, because they all kind of go together. But in particular, focus on what you're thinking right? Focus on what the mind is doing to you. Because that I think is where we have the biggest bang for our buck in terms of being able to deal with this chaotic energy for a while, dealing with the nervous system. So we might want to reduce our caffeine load. We might want to reduce our sugar load because those things in the physical body can create more of that uh, shaky feeling or that uh, anxiety feeling. We may have to become very careful about what we take in, right, in terms of what are we watching on TV? What are we listening to? Who are we listening to? And at least balance that against the more calmer things that we can be involved with, right? Meditation, um, uh, maybe, uh, what do you call that subliminal uh, sort of music, right? That's That's putting in thoughts that are are more peaceful and calming. So it'll be very interesting for us over the next couple of months to be sure. And of course there's the, you know, these things are always going on. So it's not like, you know, there's um, something particularly new, but maybe just ramped up a bit, you know, ramped up, right? That anxiety level. Hmm. So I'm hoping for peace for all of us, but just know that any place where you're not feeling peace might be a call for change, right? If you're feeling rattled by something that's happened in your life, look at it deeper. Look at it in terms of, well, what does this mean for me, right? What, you know, what is it a call from my soul to be more about, right? Is it a change? Is it letting go? Is it bringing in, you know, less fear and more openness? So I think on Monday, what we'll do is go back to Mars in Libra and actually taking a deeper look at all of the um, gates that Mars will trigger. Because remember, we're also sitting here at the cusp of the Sun-Earth combinations, taking us through all those gates of fear. 
So when we have this time of year, we go from, it starts usually in September. So we're at the last full week of August. I can't even believe I'm saying that. Um, but, you know, it takes, we're not only going to have Mars moving through those gates, we're going to have the sun moving through those gates and likely Venus and Mercury will end up there at some point during the September to November era. So be prepared. What are, are you willing to release? In human design, we always say, feel the fear and do it anyway, right? So, ah, treat yourself. Thank you very much. Uh, the plain, what, what is that saying, Tom? Your correction, the plainest will be, will be retro very soon. I am not sure what you're talking about, but that's all right sending you all much love and much peace for the weekend as we begin this crazy period of time remember you always have the choice right liberation and freedom are always yours to use as an evolutionary tool in your life so don't be afraid of change use it wisely all right take care everybody and bye for now do you wish you could better understand yourself and what is going on in the world well, grab your cup of coffee or tea and join the podcast Living Astrology with Janet Hickox for Astrology, Human Design, and Gene Keys Wisdom. Mondays and Fridays at 11 a.m. Pacific, 2 p.m. Eastern. Podcasts are available on Spotify, iTunes, Google Play, and your other favorite outlets.